0: the love of reading, featuring selections from novels, complete short stories, poetry, and nonfiction, read for you by Linda Pack, and special guests R. Bobby and Ricky DiDola. Bobby, did you know that the actual night of the winter solstice is the darkest and the longest of the northern year? that since prehistory, the end of the longest night has been observed with festivals and rituals celebrating the symbolic death and rebirth of the sun?
1: Well, yes, Linda. (laughs) From the earliest (laughs) times, we have gathered together on this night to share feasts with symbolic foods to warm our bodies, Mm -hmm. gifts to warm our spirits, and especially stories (laughs) to warm our souls. But, uh, Ricky, Mm -hmm. do you know what the origin of the word solstice is?
2: Oh, yes. Yes, the word solstice comes from the Latin words sol, the sun, and stis, standing still. Mm -hmm. So here's the science of what happens. Mm -hmm. There are two important concepts to understand. The Earth rotates on its axis, axis every 24 hours, making day and night light and dark. Mm-hmm. And this axis, the imaginary line through the center of the earth that connects the north and south pole, is tilted. It is this tilt that gives us the change in seasons. No, no wait a minute.
0: The, mm? the tilt is away from, so it's not perpendicular to the sun. Mm-mm. Our The earth's axis is not up and down straight In relationship to the sun, it's actually at an angle away from the sun. Yes, yes, it's tilted. Okay, and that axis is the
2: spin of the earth that makes day and night, the 24-hour cycle. Exactly, and the the earth also revolves around the sun, which takes 365 days, right? Mm -hmm. So in the course of the earth's yearly voyage around the sun, on the day of the winter solstice, Okay. The angle of the northern pole of the Earth is tilted at its most extreme distance away from our mother star, the sun. Uh Yeah. Okay. Okay. And and at the north pole itself, on this, the shortest day, there is no sunlight at all. Mm. Uh Then, when the Earth revolves past this point... The days start to become longer. (sighs) Ah,
0: Light and dark, Mm -hmm. day and night.
1: And hot and cold, summer and winter.
2: And feast and famine.
0: Understanding the powerful forces that rule our life here on Earth was especially important to the early human cultures. Mm. And especially to those who lived in the northernmost latitudes, where the lack of light is felt most keenly for the longest
2: time.
1: Yes, our ancestors were seeking the answer to the most primal question of all. When all is darkness, where is the light? Mm
0: -hmm. In the Japanese native belief system, which is called Shinto, or the Way of the Gods, which predates historical records, they answered that very question, where is the light, with the legend Mm -hmm. of their most important deity, the Sun Goddess, (laughs) Amaterasu.
1: <laughs> it
0: is this goddess from whom the imperial house of Japan claims descent. Well, that
1: mm-hmm. is they are nice. after
0: all the the land of the rising sun. Mm-hmm. Yes. Amaterasu, the story goes, had been insulted by her brother, the storm god, who was dark and moody and had dominion over the seas, (laughs) and he raged and howled without cease, he was very badly behaved, and he (laughs) vandalized his celestial sister's rice crops. Oh no. Well, she was furious and indignant, and so the sun goddess withdrew in protest into a cave, hiding her light and the world was plunged into darkness. It had become night without end. Mm. To Mm. save the world, all the gods and goddesses went to that cave to beg the sun goddess to come out. But she stubbornly refused until the goddess of the dawn and laughter danced (gasps) just outside the mouth of the cave. Uh, Well, of course. This (laughs) dance, Was, had so much joy and ecstasy in it that the sun goddess was overwhelmed with curiosity and was drawn out of the cave. And so the light of the sun was restored to the earth.
1: Yay. Mm, yay. <laughs> <laughs> and also in Finland, which is practically in the Arctic Circle, yes. the True. early people wondered who had hidden the light. They have this legend in the Kaluvala, the Kalavala Kalavala, which the Finnish people consider their national epic. Once upon a time a powerful witch named Luhi hid the sun and the moon. She carried them deep into the upper north, hmm. the moon she placed beneath a rock of many colours, hmm. and the sun she stuffed into the iron banded mountains. Not content with this mischief, she also stole fire, leaving the land barren of both light and warmth.
2: Ooh, the Inuit people of North America and Greenland tell the tale of how the immortal trickster the raven brought light to the world. Ooh, I love this. Was it also yes. hidden? It was. Oh mm. this Yes, the light. listen in here. In the beginning the earth was covered in darkness. This darkness suited Raven very well, for he liked to nap. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but the inky pitch that blanketed the world made it very difficult for people to hunt or fish or gather berries for food. They came to Raven and begged his assistance, for no food would grow without light. Mm-hmm. Raven Mm. discovered that there was an old man who had a box that contained a box that held many other boxes. (laughs) In the very last box was all the light in the universe. But this old man selfishly kept this treasure all to himself. Raven, however, vowed to steal the light for the people. He Hmm. thought... Hmm, and thought, hmm, and finally came up with a plan, but first had to find a way to get to the boxes. <laughs> okay, this old man lived alone with his daughter, and each day the girl would go to the river to fetch water. So Raven transformed himself into a tiny hemlock needle and dropped himself in to the river just as the girl was dipping her water basket. Hmm. He floated into the girl's basket and when the girl became thirsty and took a drink, Raven slipped down her throat. Once down in her warm insides, he changed again, this time into a small human being and took a very long nap. He liked to that. Yes, <laughs> yes. And sleeping and growing there for a very long time. One day, the raven emerged as a little boy child. <laughs> now, even though he had a rather strange appearance, <laughs> raven's new grandfather loved him. You know, like you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the raven child began to explore his new surroundings and discovered that the light must be hidden in the big box in the corner. When he first tried to open the box, his grandfather scolded him harshly, but the raven child begged and begged to be allowed to hold the box, if only just for a moment. So the old man gave the child the big box to play with, but the raven child found another box inside that and begged and begged to open that one, too. Inside that was another box, (laughs) and the raven child begged and begged to see what was inside of that one. Finally, the doting old man gave in and lifted out of the smallest box a warm and glowing sphere, which he threw to his grandson. As he tossed the ball of light The child transformed into Raven and, snatching the light in his beak, flew through the smoke hull of the hut and up into the sky. The world was instantly changed forever. Mountains sprang into the bright sky and reflections danced on the rivers and oceans. Raven was so caught up in all of the excitement of this newly revealed world that he dropped nearly half of the ball of light, (laughs) which fell to the earth, shattering into one large and many small pieces on the rocky ground. Ah, but these little chards of light bounced back up into the heavens where they remain to this day as the moon Uh. and the
1: stars. Oh, that's nice.
2: Now, Raven, flung away the light that he still carried in his beak floating gracefully above the clouds. And it became the sun as we now know it. And it rose over the mountains in the east. And that is how light came into the universe. (laughs) Now that is a good explanation.
0: And before astronomical observations explained how the Earth rotates on its axis and also revolves around the sun, The fear of famine as the crops withered in the dry cold gave rise to rituals and stories to explain the change of seasons. Mm -hmm. Of
1: course, because the ancients were hunters and farmers, and the seasons and weather played a vital role in their lives. Winter was often harsh... And many people did not survive the winter season.
2: Mm. Speaking of seasons, in the Norse Eddas, a cycle of um, episodic, epic, uh, Icelandic prose and poetry, Mm -hmm. which dates back to, well, at least the 11th century, a goddess who came to be known as Frau Hula was honored as the sacred embodiment of the earth herself. Yes. Now, she appears as an old woman, the patroness of uh, women's crafts, such as weaving and spinning. Mm -hmm. In the dark, cold months of winter, it is she who watches over children. Mm. She brings the winter snowfall as well. It is said that when Frau Hola shakes out her mattress, the white feathers fall to the earth as snow. <laughs> mm, oh, indeed. <laughs> mm.
1: Well, to bring back the warmth, the Native Americans, Zuni, and Hopi tribes mm-hmm. of the Southwest P- Pueblo still to this day celebrate the Soyal Solstice Ceremony. I
0: am grateful that the Native Americans still celebrate these rituals because they. That's the way they take care of the land and their people.
1: Yes, indeed. And the purpose of the Soyal ritual is to bring the sun back from its long winter slumber, Mm. turn the sun towards its summer path, warming the ground and renewing life for the coming year. Because the sun god is furthest from the tribe at the winter solstice, they dance to entreat the powerful Kachina spirit beings who, if given due veneration and proper respect, can use their powers for the good and well being of all the people?
2: Well, what is that ceremony like? Though?
1: The specific rituals are sacred to each tribe. Oh. Of course. But they all okay. feature Soyal himself, mm. known as the Return Kachina, mm. who is represented as a shabbily dressed old man tottering through the village placing sacred bundles of prayer feathers at each kiva. These prayer offerings open the way for other kachinas to return to the village from the spirit world and share their blessings with all of the community.
2: Mm,
0: All of these oral traditions are fascinating. But, you know, the first story I ever read that explained why we have winter... It was actually written. It was one of a series of Greek poems that was written in the seventh century before the Common Era. They were written in meter, and they're known as the Homeric Hymns. This particular story begins like this. I sing of Demeter, the holy goddess of the harvest, whose bounty feeds the world and how she lost and regained her beloved daughter persephone one day persephone was picking flowers with her maidens up and down the soft meadow iris blossoms she picked and hyacinth and the narcissus with its sweet fragrance spreading to the wide skies above and the world smiled in all its radiance Suddenly, a chasm in the earth opened up before her, and there was Hades, lord of the underworld, king of the dead, riding on a chariot drawn by his coal-black steeds. He seized Persephone against her will, put her into his golden chariot, and drove away as she wept. She cried with a piercing voice, and the peaks of mountains resounded as did the depths of the sea. Mother Demeter heard her, and a sharp pain seized her heart. She sped off like a bird, soaring over land and sea, looking and looking. For nine days did the Lady Demeter wander all over the earth. But when the tenth bright dawn came upon her, she went to the sun god, Helios, the seeing eye of gods and men, and asked this question. I turn to you as you look down from the bright ether with your sunbeams. Tell me whether you have by any chance seen my child, and who has taken her away from me by force against her will? And the sun god answered her with these words. Queen Demeter, Hades, heading for the misty realms of darkness, seized her as he drove his chariot. And Demeter was visited by a grief even more terrifying than before. Wasting away with yearning for her daughter, she caused most dreadful and cruel misery for mortals. All over the earth, Demeter kept the seeds cold and covered underground. Many a curved plough was dragged along the fields by many an ox, all in vain. Many a bright grain of wheat fell into the earth, but no seed would sprout. It was all for naught. Demeter would have destroyed the entire population of the earth with harsh hunger and thus deprived the dwellers of the Olympian abodes of their due sacrifices of meat and wine. If the king of the gods, Zeus had not noticed and sent out all the immortal gods to plead with her, but no one could persuade her. She said she would never again send up the harvest of the earth until she saw with her own eyes her daughter again. When Zeus heard this, he sent Hermes, the fleet-footed messenger of the gods, to persuade Hades to allow Persephone to leave the misty realms of darkness and be brought up into the light. Hermes rushed at full speed down into the depths of the earth, and he found Hades inside his palace with Persephone, who was yearning for her mother and suffering. The king of the dead smiled and did not disobey the order of Zeus the king. But Hades did give to Persephone stealthily the honey-sweet berry of the pomegranate to eat. Anyone who tastes the food of Hades must remain in the Underworld. The deed having been done, a compromise was struck. Since Persephone had eaten the food of the Underworld, she had to dwell a third portion of the year in the realms of the dark mist beneath the Earth. But the other two-thirds of the year, she would spend in the company of her mother, and the world could be fruitful again. Since the abduction and return of Persephone, the earth has followed the progression of seasons. In the fall, seeds, like Persephone herself, are buried underground and the earth becomes colder and less fertile. Until the spring, when Persephone comes out into the sun once more and Demeter in her joy covers all the wide earth with leaves and blossoms and sends up the harvest from the land. Ooh. Beautiful. <laughs> Good one.
1: <laughs> you know, ladies, it mm. is interesting that food is the factor that decides Persephone, Persephone's fate. Mm-hmm. Celebratory feasts featuring symbolic foods play an important role in helping us survive the winter.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! In the in the south uh, southern part of um, China, yes, rice balls are the festival food as they symbolize family reunion. Was that because the rice sticks, sticks together? together? That's <laughs> my thinking. That's what I think. But uh, the difference is in northern China, people usually eat dumplings and wontons Yum. to celebrate the day. <laughs> But since the dumplings and the wontons are shaped like people's ears, the tradition says that eating wontons will keep their ears from being frostbitten in the bitter cold. Uh, Another good (laughs) excuse
0: for eating wontons. I love it. Uh, In northern Europe, uh until the 16th century, more or less, Mm -hmm. the winter months were Always a time of famine. Mm. And so most of the cattle were slaughtered so that they wouldn't have to be fed during the winter, oh. and that made the solstice a time when fresh meat was plentiful and needed to be eaten. That, that is so a great sense. thing yeah. to
1: have, too. Mm. <laughs> and desperate for the return of light and warmth, The prehistoric people of Scandinavia and the Celtic tribes of the British Isles held a midwinter feast called Yule. Mm. A strong drink called wassail, usually a mixture of ale, honey, and spices, was massively consumed.
0: (laughs) Well, it was cold. (laughs) Well, (laughs) absolutely.
1: And the term Uh wassail is from the Old English words "vias heil, Which means, be well. Oh,
2: nice. Mm. And they would light bonfires in the fields. Mm -hmm. And the ceremonial yule log, a giant timber, was dragged into the house. Decorated in seasonal greenery and set ablaze. It would burn for 12 days. Mm -hmm. That's a big log. Yeah. Yeah. Lighting and warming them through the darkness and the cold while the earth turned back toward the sun. Yule means wheel. <laughs> the
0: Jewish people celebrate eight days of feasting on delicious and symbolic foods oh, yeah. when they retell their <laughs> own return to the light story. Bobby, yes. tell us about the winter festival we call Hanukkah. Oh, please,
1: please. Oh. Hanukkah. Yes. So, Hanukkah is also called the Festival of Lights. And it is actually inspired by a turbulent phase of Jewish history. Around 200 BCE, Judea, also known as the land of Israel, came under the control of Antiochus III, a benevolent king of Syria who allowed the Jews who lived there to practice their religion. His son, Antiochus IV mm. proved less generous. Mm. He outlawed the Jewish religion and ordered the Jews to worship, worship Greek gods. Oh, you know this was they a problem. Prob- like yeah. Oh no, 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 no! This was a problem for the Jews. <laughs> yeah. You know they continued their traditions anyway. They celebrated their Sabbath, Shabbat, and also studied the Torah. Mm. But in 168 BCE, Antiochus decided to send soldiers to Jerusalem Uh -uh. who killed thousands of Jews and desecrated the city's holy second temple. The soldiers destroyed all the Jewish artifacts in the temple and there erected an altar to Zeus. Mm -mm. They even sacrificed pigs within its sacred walls. Uh. This is not very kosher, no? No. So the Jewish people were angry. Mm -hmm. The son of a noteworthy Jewish priest, Judah the Maccabee, rose as a leader. He led a ragtag army of farmers to save their Jewish heritage, armed only with spears, bows, and arrows, and rocks. They called themselves the Maccabees and fought a guerrilla war against the well-trained, well-equipped, endless forces of the Syrian army. Even as the king's soldiers rode in on elephants to attack, over two years, the Maccabees stayed strong and finally drove the army out of Jerusalem. Yay! Yay! Yay. (laughs) Well, you know, after the defeat of the Syrian army, the Maccabees cleaned up the temple as much Mm. as they could— Judah and his followers rebuilt the altar and lit an oil lamp that burned continuously in the synagogue called the menorah. Hmm. But there was a problem. There was only enough oil to keep the menorah burning for one day. Uh So they sent their fastest runner to get the fresh oil. But it would take that runner four days to get there and four days to come back.
0: But there was only enough oil for one day.
1: I know. But wonder of wonder.
0: Miracle of miracles. The
1: flame flickered for eight days and nights and never went out. Yes. So this miracle inspires a yearly eight-day festival called Hanukkah. Now, one of the ways we celebrate Hanukkah today is by lighting a special nine-branched menorah called the Chanukkiah. Each night of the holiday's eight nights, one more candle is added to the Chanukkiah after sundown. The ninth candle, the Shamus, is used to light the other candles.
0: Bob, Bob, is there a blessing? that they say when they light these candles? Oh, there's always a blessing.
1: (laughs) That's good. (laughs) You can't have too many blessings. I like a good blessing. Would you say the blessing? Oh, I'd be delighted. Let's see if I can remember it. Baruch Atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech ha'olam, asher kitshanu b'mitzvah tav, lechadlik neer Shelchanuka. And then you say happy Hanukkah and you kiss everybody. Happy Hanukkah. Happy, happy Hanukkah. Of course, not not these <laughs> nah, nah. days. No, no not, not, right. not right. <laughs> <laughs> Also, honoring the Hanukkah miracle, many Hanukkah foods are fried in oil. Yum. Oh, yummy. <laughs> Potato pancakes, also called latkes, mm-hmm. are yes. particularly popular popular in many Jewish households, especially when eaten with... Sour cream. Thank you. Mm. And applesauce,
0: eat. applesauce. Everyone has
1: a favorite. <laughs> and gelt, which are chocolate coins wrapped in gold foil, are also a popular treat. Mm. And another Hanukkah custom is a gambling game Ooh. played with a four-sided spinning top which has a Hebrew letter on each face called a dreidel. Oh. Now, using small coins or nuts or gelt, mm. everyone anties one up by putting something into a pot. As the first player spins the dreidel, and it spins and spins, everyone sings, Dreidel, I ha- dreidel, 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 I made it out, it out of clay. And when it's dry and ready, and your dreidel, dreidel I, I shall play. Oh,
2: <laughs> dreidel, 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 I made
1: and it out of clay. And it stops! What happens next depends upon the Hebrew letter facing up when the dreidel comes to a stop. So there are four letters. Nun Mm -hmm. means nothing happens. Nobody gets nothing. Nobody gets nothing. (laughs) Bupkis, as they say. (laughs) Gimel means you get the whole pot,
2: which is the win.
1: Hay means you get half the pot, also a win. Pretty good. And shin means you put one in. Uh-oh. So these letters are the first letters from the phrase Nes Gadol Haya Shem. Mm. A great miracle happened there.
2: Ah.
0: Oh, that's beautiful.
2: Thank you, Bob.
0: You know, when I'm thinking of ancient Judea and festive games, it yeah. makes me think of ancient Rome. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> and a tradition famous for games in 12 days of feasting, festivities, yeah. and follies.
1: Saturnalia, I bet.
2: <laughs> Eo, Santranalia! I hope fortune treats you well.
1: Eo, Saturnalia! May the gods and of goddesses keep you blessed in your life.
2: Io
0: Saturnalia was the ritual greeting to friends and family in ancient Rome each year starting in mid-December. The Saturnalia is an ancient Roman festival of light leading to the winter solstice Mm. to honor Saturn, who was an agricultural deity who was said to have reigned over the world in a golden age when no one was a slave. Mm -hmm. And in memory of this at the Saturnalia, slaves everywhere could sit down with their masters, the rank of all being made equal.
1: And that is a great custom. Mm -hmm. Because the Saturnalia was presided over by a king chosen especially for the occasion, sometimes referred to as the Lord of Misrule, selected from the lowliest members of a household.
2: Yes, and um, there was this uh, civic ceremony Mm -hmm. where all work and business was suspended Mm -hmm. as the festivities commenced. Now, now with a a sacrifice at the Temple of Saturn in the Roman Forum and then a public banquet blazing with an abundance of candles, symbolizing the quest for knowledge and truth. And then the private parties and
0: the (laughs) gift-giving and a carnival of drinking and gambling and debauchery that overturned (laughs) all the Roman social norms. The poet Catullus called it the best of days. <laughs> nice. And
2: so we greet the season Eo Saturnalia. For how many years shall the festival abide?
1: Never shall age destroy so holy a day. EO Saturnalia! <laughs> <laughs> oh, now every year on December 21st, mm. Iranians celebrate the victory of light over darkness on Yalda night, one of the most ancient of all global winter solstice festivals. Yalda Night was first celebrated when the majority of Persians were followers of Zoroastrianism, which was prior to the advent of Islam.
2: Mm, Yes. Common people set great bonfires, and their rulers sent birds aloft bearing torches of dried grass. That
0: must have been beautiful. I can not imagine.
2: Yeah, just floating there. Uh, The winter solstice is the eve of the birth of Mithra the sun god, who symbolized light, goodness, and strength on earth. Mm. Yalda is a Syriac word meaning birth. Yeah. Still today,
0: Iranian families all over the world gather together, eat sumptuous meals, exchange gifts, as so many cultures do with the winter solstice. Mm, mm-hmm. But they also tell their fortunes for the new year by reading from a precious collection of poems in Farsi that were composed in the 1300s by the beloved Sufi mystic poet who was known as Hafiz. Mm -hmm. Hafiz is a title of respect for a Muslim who knows the Quran by heart, and these beautiful poems are considered sacred by the Iranian people.
1: Mm. This is the divination process. First, you make a wish from your heart. Then, opening the book of Hafiz to a random page, you read the poem on that page as a divine response.
2: Oh, we could do this. Yeah? Anyone can.
1: Including anyone who is listening to us right now.
2: If we can do this. We should do. Let's do this. Let's, let's do it. Okay. Let's do this. So, in front of us, we have a selection of nine of the poems of Hafiz. So, let's each make a heart wish now. Okay. 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 You good? Are you ready? Oh wait. Okay. Ready? Yep, got it. Okay, good, good. Okay, so now we choose a number between one and nine. Okay. Okay, tell me when you're ready. I have a number. Okay, great. I have mine too. Okay, and now we will read each poem. The number you have chosen will be the poem that is the divine response to your own private wish for the new year.
1: Yeah? All right. All right.
2: Here's the first poem. Oh, great. I pull the sun from my
0: coin purse each day, and at night I let my pet, the moon, run freely into the sky meadow. If I whistled, she would turn her head and look at me. If I waved my arms, she would come back wagging a marvelous tail of stars. Each day, for God, I water his favorite plant, this earth. Ask the friend for love, ask him again, for I have learned that every heart will get what it prays for most.
1: Number two. The sky is a suspended blue ocean. The stars are the fish that swim. The planets are the white whales I sometimes ride on. And the sun and all light have forever fused themselves into my heart and upon my skin. There is only one rule on this wild playground, for every sign Hafiz has ever seen reads the same. They all say, Have fun, my dear. My dear, have fun. In the Beloved's divine game, Oh, in the Beloved's divine game.
2: Mm. Three. And for no reason, I start skipping like a child. And for no reason, I turn into a leaf that is carried so high, I kiss the sun's mouth and dissolve. And for no reason, A thousand birds choose my head for a conference table, start passing their cups of wine and their wild song books all around. And for every reason in existence, I begin to eternally, to eternally laugh and love and I turn into a leaf and start dancing and I dissolve into the truth that I am. This is poem number
0: four. I have learned so much from God that I can no longer call myself a Christian, a Hindu, a Muslim, a Buddhist, a Jew. The truth has shared so much of itself with me that I can no longer call myself a man, a woman, an angel, or even a pure soul. Love has befriended Hafiz so completely. It has turned to ash and freed me of every concept and image my mind has ever known.
1: Number five. I once asked a bird, how is it that you fly in this gravity of darkness? She responded, Love lifts me. Mm.
2: Number six. I wish I could show you when you are lonely or in darkness the astonishing light of your own being.
0: Seven. There was a four-year-old child whose next-door neighbor was an elderly gentleman who had recently lost his wife. Upon seeing the man cry, the little boy went into the old gentleman's yard, climbed onto his lap, and just sat there. When his mother asked what he had said to the neighbor, the little boy said, Nothing. I just helped him cry. Look what happens with a love like that. It lights the whole sky.
1: Number eight. At some point your relationship with God will become like this. Next time you meet him in the forest or on a crowded city street, there won't be any more leaving. That is, God will climb into your pocket. You will simply just take yourself along. Okay, and the last one, number
2: nine leave the familiar for a while let your senses and body stretch out like a welcomed season onto the meadows and shores and hills and love like a blooming night flower change rooms in your mind for a day greet yourself in your thousand other forms, as you mount the hidden tide and travel back home. All the hemispheres in heaven are sitting around a fire chatting, stitching themselves together into the great circle inside of
1: you. As we each hold our poem in our heart, Consider that no matter how we choose to celebrate the annual return of the light,
2: it is always with gratitude for the blessings of warmth, the promise of abundance, and the hope of peace. Amen. Amen.
1: May the faith and friendship that we share in spirit never fail. In our hearts and our homes,
2: and
0: in all the places on earth, and in all times of the year. And that is all for this edition of For the Love of Reading, Tales of the Winter Solstice. The material read on this special edition of For the Love of Reading was selected, reviewed, and edited by Linda Pack and performed by Linda Pack, R. Bobby, and Ricky Dodola. The program was engineered by Alicia Bales. This program is archived and available for online listening at kzyx.org, along with all of the shows aired on For the Love of Reading. KZYX, For the Love of Reading, is a production of listener-supported community radio, KZYX and Z, public broadcasting from Mendocino County, California. On our website, kzyx.org, you will find links to all our podcasts, including KZYX Mendocino County Remembered, Oral Histories Read for You by Linda Pack. You can also stream live programming and show your support by clicking the red donate button. This is Linda Pack. Thanks for listening.